0: Well good morning my friends. I'm so glad you could be with me today in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're nearly finished with our extended study of First John, that first epistle of the Apostle John. We're in the fifth chapter and over the last couple of days we've been examining in that fifth chapter verses 18 to 21. I'm going to read that again to you this morning and set the stage for our continuing study. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and that he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. We've been looking at a number of final reminders, sort of synopsis reminders, at this final couple of verses in the first epistle. The reminders are characterized by the use of the word, no. And in most cases, in these verses, that particular English word know is a translation of a form of the Greek word adon or oida, which refers to factual knowledge. That's in contrast to the knowledge that one gains out of experience or the knowledge that one gains through relationship with something or someone. God is turning our attention, in other words, to a number of facts, facts upon which we can take our stand, facts upon which we can place our hopes, facts that remain facts independent of the circumstances of our life. The circumstances of our life have a great, has a great deal of influence or have a great deal of influence on how we happen to feel, what our emotions are like at a particular moment in time. And God moves us away from circumstantial things into settled facts, eternal facts for us. Remember, the first one that he reminded us about is that we can know that God will keep us safe in the midst of trials. We can rest in his promise of keeping us safe. He both works within us to protect us from ourselves, and he also protects us from the enemy of our souls In the ability of the enemy of our souls to grasp us and pull us from the hand of of God. We also can know, factually, that the whole world culture around us is in the product of is the product of and in the hands of the enemy of our souls. The world is actually his influence. We're talking, again, not about the mountains and the trees. We're talking about the culture, the mindset, the orientation toward life. All, apart from Christ, lies in the hands and in the power of the enemy. He works to blind the eyes of unbelievers against the truth. He works to keep us involved in a mentality that leads us to resist surrender to the Lord, resist putting God in his rightful place. And of course, that's been going on ever since Genesis chapter 3, at the very beginning of mankind's history. Yesterday, we were also concluding with a third of these factual things where we can know... That God has sent his son into the world. This is all about the incarnation. That we can have confidence that in point of fact, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Lord Jesus Christ came into this world. He was born. He lived. He died. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And eventually will return once again to culminate history. We can know all of those things. We can know them with confidence. Now today, let's move on to the fourth of these things that we can know. We can know, verse 20, that the Son of God has come and that he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and the eternal life. We can know whether we really know him. Now, if you've been with me throughout our study of 1 John, you remember that one of the core purposes of 1 John was to give us confidence about our faith, assurance of our salvation, so that we could know that we know him. So it's not surprising that at the end of the book, in a synopsis sort of way, he returns to that issue. And he says we can know all of these things, first of all, because God, as it it puts it here, has given us understanding. This word understanding that we encounter in verse 20 is the Greek word dianoia. And dianoia means the capacity to get to know, the capacity to relate to. The Holy Spirit takes the truths of God's word and convicts the heart of the world. Everyone is convicted about that truth. Not all act on it, but everyone is convicted. No one can change that. No one can keep from being convicted at the deepest level that these things about Christ are true. But of course, that doesn't force a response. We have to choose to respond to that. God works within us and within everyone to give them that understanding. We can have confidence in that. Now, sometimes when we look at the circumstances, we wonder, is that really happening? Can that person really know these things can be true? And the answer is yes, because God is at work to give that understanding. But the individual with that understanding has to act on it. They act on it, first of all, by accepting the facts about Jesus Christ. They show that acceptance by their repentance and faith. They show that they're acting on the acceptance of the facts by the repentance and faith that's being called for. Not everyone chooses to act. They can know and know in a way that they will be answerable about before God. They can know that Jesus is who he claimed to be. But they can resist acting on it by repenting of their sin turning to Christ and resting in what he has done for them at the cross. God does not turn anyone into a robot because they've come to understand. But they can't turn to him until they understand. And so God is involved in helping us to understand. We can take it as a fact of life. Once we respond, once we act on that understanding, then we find salvation. And as we've seen already, we find new birth. We find, as a result, adoption into the very family of God. We find that the Holy Spirit indwells our lives, takes up residence within us, and so many other things that we've been looking at through 1 John. But all of it begins with acting on the understanding, the conviction of heart that God gives about the truth of the gospel. Now, why does God do all of that? Notice how he ends verse 20. He does all of this so that we may know him who is true. God does all of this so that we may know him. In this time, the word know in these verses changes from the Greek word adon oida, and it changes into the Greek word gnosis, which can mean to know through experience, to know through relating to one. God has done all of these things, given us these facts and so forth, made us new creations so that we could know experientially, relationally, Him. God moves us from the facts to the relational knowing. Why? Because God's great goal in saving us was to give us the ability to actually have relationship with God, relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The new birth in our lives helps us to actually know him who is true. Brothers and sisters, here's the point. God has done all of these amazing things about the gospel through the Lord Jesus Christ so that relationship with us could emerge. Not only that we would be saved, but that we would be in relationship with him. God was never interested in religion per se. I mean, mankind has always had all kinds of religions, none of which led to the Lord, except the the faith that he laid down and the way to approach him that he laid down. No, God was not interested in a religiosity in people. He was interested in relationship with people. And apart from a solution to our sin, no relationship was possible. But coming to know Christ as Savior... Relationship is now possible, and God says, that's the reason I saved you, for relationship. What a great irony when believers coming to know Christ as Savior stop short of growing in the relationship with him, content merely to be saved, and not explore the relational knowing, the gnosis, of what God gives us now the possibility of doing. Don't let that be you. (laughs) Make sure you build on salvation with getting to know Christ better. And, of course, that's going to require surrender, obedience, being in the Word, and so forth. Grow. Grow. Well, join me tomorrow as we conclude our study of 1 John because I want to spend that day on verse 21, which contains a warning, a command, and it's all about idolatry. Join me then, won't you? God bless.